This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and let me uh, let me start off the show uh, with one uh, with this because well, that's that's a good place to start the show. Oh yeah, 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 something. You know, I'm telling you. Remember last week's show? I was telling you about how uh, I was trying to get a dumpster. You know, the trials and tribulations of trying to get a dumpster. Well. And we ended up going with uh, the one eight hundred got got junk people, and they came out and took everything away in one truckload, and it was done that night. After dicking around with the uh, the way uh, the garbage disposal company that uh, that I was dealing with, uh, uh, I won't say their name because <clears throat> you know there's the uh, rumor that uh, garbage disposal companies have mob ties, and you know I don't want to chance it. So we'll just say that they, they, like I said last week, they manage waste. Okay, so this company, um, uh, this is a review. I called up and I said, I'd like a dumpster. And the nice customer service person said, sure. Had a bunch of questions for me about what was going to go in the dumpster. Told me this kind of stuff that can't go in the dumpster. Told me that uh, there's going to be a waiver form that in case they damage something, they're not liable, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, um, also said that should we have to, during your seven-day rental, come out and move the dumpster for any reason, because maybe it's in the wrong spot or it needs to, you know somebody says, hey, you got to move that because i got to park there or something like that. If they have to come out and move it, that's going to be an additional charge. Okay, I understand. And they sent the waiver in the uh, in the email. I read through it, and that's fine, and got everything set up. And she was going to have that dumpster out to me the next day. Next day, I got a call from that company, a different customer service person, saying the driver is out there, wants to know where to set the dumpster. And I told that person, and she said, in the street and I said yep and she said do you have a permit and I said permit what are you talking about no, the other person never said anything about a permit to me oh well yeah you know well you you probably need a permit you know if it's gonna be out in the street you know is there any place we, you know it's all that stuff well I didn't have a permit didn't want to be doing anything illegal and I said well I guess you can't drop it now can you and so they didn't I said I'll have to get hold a hold of the customer service person I was working with, which I had her work email. She gave me that so that it would be easier to get back and forth to her than trying to catch her on the phone because, you know, they're answering phones all day long and that kind of thing. 
and 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 she meant the intention was that once I'm done with the dumpster, I can email her and she can get it. You know, tell her I'm done and she can get it all arranged to get it picked up. All right, fine. <clears throat> but you know, there's no dumpster because of this permit thing. So I email her back and I said, uh, you didn't tell me anything about a permit. And then I, you know, uh, what are we going to do now? And then I sent another email to her saying I checked the city's website and the city says that the dumpster company is supposed to obtain the permit. What are we going to do? I said, this isn't going to count against my seven day rental or other, you know, otherwise count against me. Is it? And she got back to me in an email, and she said, "Well, I assumed that we could just you you know we could we're, we could put just put it there or something." Like she she made an assumption that it was going on my property or something. She didn't ask that question. She just assumed, and you know what they say about assuming: you make an ass of you and me, you know that kind of thing. Well, I made an assumption as well. I assumed that because this is a major garbage disposal company that I don't know if they're nationwide, but they're pretty. If not, they're pretty close. I mean, in their when you're on hold, listening to their music, and they interrupt every now and then to give an ad about themselves. They said they're one of the largest in the country, if not the largest. I can't remember exactly. And they must deliver dumpsters around this country every day. Every day. I don't get a dumpster every day. This is the first time that I've ever arranged getting a dumpster. So I don't know what questions to ask. That's why you have customer service people to hold your hand and take you through the process. I thought that was all part of it, right? Okay, so that's a recap of what happened then. So we, I decided, you know, screw it. It's taking too long to get back from these people. I said, screw it. I'm calling, got junk. They came out that night, took everything away. Boom, right? Story over, right? No. Got something in the mail yesterday. I got a bill from that company that manages waste that, you know, apparently because they brought the dumpster out but couldn't leave it, it's going to cost me $397.48. Because their customer service person assumed I'm out for, I'm going to be out 400 bucks unless I can. Uh, call them up and say, no, 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 this is on you. I've got the copies of the email. There's nothing in there about getting a permit. And she says she assumed that I, that she made the assumption she that they that I had property which they could put it on. She didn't ask if I was putting it in a street. She didn't make sure. I didn't know that that's that stuff that was supposed to happen. So you eat that 400 bucks. And again, I'm not saying the name of the company because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go swimming in cement shoes. I don't know. Is that just in movies and TV shows? The connection between waste uh, waste disposal companies and 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 the mob. I don't know. But isn't that's just that was just peachy, you know? And this comes on the heels of uh, my older brother letting me know that uh, you know he had found a cache of uh, a stash of cash that dad had. Uh, in a, in a firebox in the in the house because my our brother comes over to the house to get the mail and bills and stuff he's still taking care of that it hasn't been completely switched over yet and he lets us know when he's coming over and all that so he's not just barging in on us and usually we're at work but uh, anyway so he, he he found a a stash of money and so what he decided to do was take some of it and give it to a charity that dad was uh, uh, um, that, that that he gave. Uh, uh, well, the American Red Cross. 
You know, if you want, if you would consider donating blood, that'd be great in my dad's name, or donating some money to the American Red Cross. That also would be great. So my brother took a certain amount of that money to donate to the Red Cross, and then he divvied up the rest to uh, for each of us kids. Right, so equal amount. So waste management found out about that apparently and said, you know, we're going to take eighty percent of that. You know, you still got a hundred bucks left over. I mean, you know, you're up, you're still up a hundred bucks. Look at it that way. <laughs> but no, this is this isn't right. This isn't right. I'm going to pursue it. I'll let you know what happens. But maybe I'll end up having to pay the goddamn thing. I don't know. I didn't want to pay CenturyLink. <laughs> that bill that I got, but then when they explained that the bill was for a service that they'd already done for... Okay, fine. I thought it was some other thing. I was like, why... Am I, anyway. <clears throat> anyway. But that does bring me to some better news. Uh, Amy and I are virtually, almost completely, out of the house. I say that because we have a lamp and a timer in there. Uh, that's the house that we're moving out of. We're, we're in my dad's house now. Remember, that's that's going to be our house. We're our name's not on the title yet. That hasn't been arranged yet, but it should be soon. That we'll be making the complete switch over. But um, uh, we this past Wednesday, Amy and I took off of work. We only work two days this week, and uh, you know, being Thanksgiving week and all that. So that that Wednesday we took off, and we went over to the house. We cleared out all the rest of the stuff out of the garage, all the rest of the stuff that was in the house. Took a couple few trips with the car to get, you know, bringing it over. We're only a mile away, so it's not that big of a deal. And and we I swept out the garage. Uh, we had an inspection that day for the you know truth and housing inspection, uh, and there were a couple of things, but nothing too major. And there was one thing that you know you got to do this, and that is uh, have a uh, smoke alarm that's hardwired into the house, which all the alarms are capable to hardwire in. But uh, some years ago, I switched them all over to the long life lithium battery type, so that you, you don't have to have that chirping battery every couple of months. So. Um, you know, so we did that, and uh, uh, I went out and got a CO2 and smoke alarm combination thing, and got it, you know, and hardwired it in. So it took care of that. That was the one thing we had to do. The other things, if we choose to do them, we can. But this is buyers are going to know about these little little things. We'll, we're meeting with our realtor on Sunday. We'll find out for sure if there's anything that maybe we should do it. Maybe we should, you know. So we'll find out. So anyway. So we got everything out of there. Uh, there is the lamp sitting there. We do. We are intending to leave a dehumidifier down in the basement, and some leftover paint, you know, for the next people. Uh, it, but if our realtor says, "Nah, take that stuff out of there," we will. But you know, but we're done. It's clean. It's done. Oh my goodness! This process started in July. I started moving stuff into Dad's house in July. It started with my comic book collection. That was the first thing that went into the house. And then slowly but surely things were happening. Things were happening. And finally we got it done. You know, we had to do a bunch of repairs on the outside of the house, which I have to thank my younger brother Steve. He did a terrific job just getting stuff uh, uh, fixed up. So you know, it, it, uh, better appeal from the street of course but then then it's you know rotted wood taken out and replaced and and things like that so he's he did a fabulous job terrific job so when we sell the house we'll uh, we'll settle up with him a little bit 
Uh, anyways, it's just, it's finally done. <laughs> it's weird. I look around the house, I get a little bit emotional because there's all these memories in there. My, my wife and I were just kind of you know, going through some of our memories of that house. So it's, you know, 22 plus years in there build up some memories and it was the the you know childhood home of my son of our son Hayden and he's you know I think he's going to come over to the house uh, I think Sunday or maybe today um so he wants to go in and take some pictures he's a he's studying to be a photographer uh at art school so you know he's going to do that but that's that is that's the good news that's uh we're there we are close, uh, but now the process now, once we get the house sold, hopefully that'll be soon. Uh, a friend of mine came over, um, you know, a couple of times now to take pictures of the house. He's a, he's a photographer and a really good one too. He just does, does these terrific bird pictures. Oh God, I don't, he's got patience and he's got the know-how and skills, good eye. He's got all that stuff. He's got it all. You know, it's just really good work. And so he, he, he helps out the realtor that we're working with in taking pictures of the houses. That's how we found this realtor. He's actually the cousin of my friend. So that's how we found him. And that's, you know, that's what we're doing. So we're, I'll keep you posted on what's going to happen and where we're going to head and, uh, and all that. But, um, yeah, and I'll also keep you posted on the uh, waste management thing. <laughs> oh, did I say their name? <gasps> Anyway, <laughs> you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. I better get to my first break. Jeez, I hope nobody heard that. Uh, I'll be right back. Oh, no. I'm going to get cement shoes. that beats all the competition and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition you're listening to z talk radio network do you believe in ghosts do you think bigfoot is real do you suspect that your neighbor is really valtor leader of the lizard people of bendar three well dr dim doesn't and he'll tell you why when you tune into dimland radio saturday nights 11 central midnight eastern on z talk radio network it's an hour of science promotion pop culture rants personal observation and of course skepticism Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, Midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Oh, that song just gets going, but because my bumpers are so short, you don't really, 
you know, get to hear what's going on. Uh, that song is uh, by the band called the Alley Cats. They came out of the L.A. punk scene back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, found out about them through the film Erg, A Music War, which is a very cool film. You can find clips of it on uh, YouTube. Just go look up Erg, A Music War, and there'll be stuff. You know, you, you, A really fun clip to watch is The Cramps. Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> You get to watch. Uh, you get to watch Lux Interior. That's the name of the lead singer, uh, with his pants way down. His very stretchy leather pants, or whatever that is, spandex pants, or whatever. I don't know. Very stretchy, barely covering. He, he, he shaves a bit. You could. You could. You can tell. He shaves a bit down in the uh, down in that area. <laughs> and uh, he looks like he's. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's an unusual group. Uh, rockabilly, psychobilly kind of things that they they, they do uh, and in fact it's been said it's been claimed that because of the cramps being so big uh, into rockabilly the old rockabilly type stuff you know Elvis when he started out Elvis Presley when he started out he did a lot of rockabilly type stuff and then he went into rock and roll kind of that's it's a little different and um, and there were all kinds of bands that did stuff like that there was a band called the Phantom that did this song called love me which is very weird when you figure that it came out in the 1950s or so uh, it, it's a very strange song especially given the context of the time um, and it was it was a, a, a Lux Interior and his wife Poison Ivy. I don't think those are their actual names, uh, at least not the names they were given at birth. But hey, you know, uh, they they were big into this stuff, and they would search for these records. They tried to find in old record stores, and it, because and then the Cramps got kind of popularish enough that they helped keep some of this uh, some of these other bands in. Uh, you know, keep keep them from being lost to history. Uh, it's been you know there was uh, there's a podcast called uh, No Dogs in Space, which is a pretty good podcast, except that the one host drops the f bomb every other word, and it gets you know you just after a while you sort of just don't notice it. But I don't know, he just does. It's one of the I don't know. I I I work with a person who does that <laughs> every other word, but. Anyway, it's their charm, I guess. But they, he, and uh, the host, uh, and the and the two hosts are husband and wife, and they and they're, um, you know, the the one guy, I, uh, his name, I'm blanking on their, I'm blanking on both their names, but the one guy uh, is a co-host of the uh, uh, last podcast on the left podcast, which I have. I listened to for quite a while, but now I have I haven't listened to it for a long time, so yeah, it, I just whatever. But it's still it's probably still entertaining. But No Dogs in Space, which I think is only available on Spotify, uh, they do a s series examining the history of of bands that uh, maybe people don't know. They did a great series on the Replacements, really good one, uh, and they did one on the Cramps, and it was there that they were saying. This is, you know, this is the leg part of the legacy of the Cramps is that they they kept this this history alive and this part of music because if they were such fanatics about it, and they would buy, you know, get search out these records, and because they had a certain amount of fame, uh, their fans would discover these records and 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 go for this kind of stuff. They just, you know, so anyway, that was just something I brought up. But anyway. Um, they're in that film called uh, Erg, A Music War, which came out in 
2, I think, and it has the police, and it has XTC, and it has uh, Gang of Four, and the Cramps, of course. Uh, Dead Kennedys are in there. It's all kinds of really uh, cool alternative bands, uh, uh, and then some interesting acts that are strange. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody named John Otway, I think is his name, or something like that, does a, does a kind of an odd performance, but you know, it's just it's interesting. It shows you where alternative music was at that time. I put that in quotes because I don't think they called it alternative back then. But uh, you know, and we found lots of bands to like in there. And the Alley Cats is one of the bands they found there. And that song coming in out of the break is their song called "Escape from the Planet Earth" or "Escape from Planet Earth" or something. I'll, I'll, you know, in my show notes, which do you go to see my show notes? They, I've been trying to keep, trying not to be so verbose in my show notes because it takes so long to write them. <laughs> it's weird. It just, it does. And sometimes something occurs to me while I'm writing my show notes that didn't occur to me while I was speaking on the show, so I put that in there. So, like I said, if you're not reading the show notes, you're only getting like 92% of the show. Uh, at least that's what I want to get it to because I want the show notes to be just you know the links that I mention and you know just a little something and then you can scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and I put links to the songs that I play as the bumpers if I can find a YouTube link to it if I can't then it remains blank you know then there's no link of course but uh, I'll put a link to the show notes uh, in the show notes uh, for that song I think I can find uh, Alley Cat's playing that song. And for any of the songs, you know, if you're curious about them, you can check it out on the show notes. You get to that by going to dimland.com. You click on the blog, uh, the show notes slash blog option. You click on that and you go through those. Um, <clears throat> and also, I, and my sound, my show might sound familiar to your ears again because I'm back in the basement at Nostalgia Zone. We're in the middle of our Black Friday blowout. Uh, all of our reader uh, copies, all of our reader books, and that's uh, reader quality, I should say. And that's uh, anything that's very good fine and of lesser quality. So very good fine, the number quality is, you know, on a, on a scale from, uh, from 0.5 up to 10. Um, uh, VGF is very good fine. That's a 5.0. So anything 5.0 and lower is half price. So that's what's going on now. So if you are interested in comic books, Bronze Age, Silver Age, Golden Age, Marvel, DC, horror comic books, uh, superhero comic books, romance comic books, Western comic books, war comic books, if you're interested in any of those things, you collect comic books and back issues because that's all we deal with. We only deal with back issues here. Go to our website, NostalgiaZone.com. Become a member You'll save 10%. You'll earn 10% of your purchase turns into points that can accumulate if you want. And then you can turn those back into, uh, you can turn that into uh, money, so to speak, which you will save on future purchases. If you let them accrue, you know, you get like, you know, $30 worth of points, bam, you got $30 off of whatever that order is if you want to use it, or you can keep letting it accrue. Uh, and, and, and you get 10% off on each purchase. You get an email once or twice a month, and uh, you find out about these sales. And so on top of the 50% off, you'll get your 10% off, and you'll earn points. So it's cool. So go to NostalgiaZone.com, become a member, 
and uh, this sale goes through Monday, so well, that's usually when this show drops. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, you know, and if you, there'll be another sale coming along at some point. But uh, yeah, uh, anyway, here we are. And speaking of Black Friday, <clears throat> I have a tradition that I try to uphold each year. And that is, uh, I put up a Christmas tree on the Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, unless I have to work. For years, doing the janitor thing, I would have to work on that Friday. For, for what reason? I don't know. The boss just wanted me to. I would generally just sit in the office for like half a day, get paid for the full day, and then go home. <clears throat> but anyway, for years now, uh, I had put the Christmas tree on the porch. Because there just wasn't room in the house. We just didn't have the space. Because um, we, we just have too much stuff. <laughs> We've gotten rid of a lot of it. Oh boy, have we gotten rid of a lot of, a lot of stuff. But we still have a lot of stuff. <laughs> anyway, so, but we've moved into my dad's place. Mom and dad's place. We've moved there. And we have a whole living room that, that generally Amy and I don't even use. Um, Dad would be in there all the time and he'd be watching TV. We did something that I'm surprised the house didn't fall apart. We removed the television from the living room. We needed to make room for the tree. We don't sit out there and watch TV. We don't hang out in the living room. We hang out in our little TV room. That's where we hang out. That's where we, that's where we go. And it's a nice little cozy room. And that's where we're at. So we moved the TV out into Dad's bedroom, um, and we've got some other stuff that's in there temporarily, and because it's just uh, we we have to organize and even still get rid of some stuff. But you know, some of Dad, Mom, and Dad's old stuff, we want to get rid of that so that we can get something else in. And this is all going to be over the process of the next however long it's going to take. But I put up the tree. Uh, my uh, we used to have carpeting. There was used to be carpeting in the living room, but because my dad's uh, he had to get around on a walker, carpet was not a good idea, and so my older brother ripped it all out. And there's hardwood floor under there, and it's in pretty good shape. It could use some attention. Use uh, maybe a, a, a varnish coating or something like that. You know, some it could use something, and maybe we'll do that. And there's other parts of the floor that could use a little attention, but. Uh, it, it looks really nice. You put the tree. We put the tree in there. It's it's. Uh, it, there hasn't been a full size Christmas tree in mom and dad's house for years now, and now there is. And I just sat and looked at it and just thought about old Christmases. And uh, and I did the thing that I like to do. Now, <clears throat> don't think of me as. Don't think I'm being a peeping tom. <laughs> I don't go up to people's houses and look into their windows. I don't do that. But Ever since I was a kid, when it, the Christmas season rolls around, I always loved just seeing the Christmas tree in the windows of, of people's houses at night, all lit up. You know, we'd be coming home from, I don't know, a night out uh, at Grandpa and Grandma's or we'd be, or somewhere, right? And we'd be coming home and it'd be dark because it gets dark at like noon now. And, and so we're, and so you can see the Christmas trees in the living rooms of houses all over the place and, and, and it's lit up. It's just, it, I, I think part of the reason why I like it is because it, 
I don't know, it shows a certain uh, communityness of uh, of uh, our certain shared community. I mean, Christmas is a complete pagan thing. You know, it, it got usurped by the church, the Catholic Church, I think. Uh, you know, as as it was a it was a celebration of the winter solstice, uh, and it was it was meant to I don't know. I it was to just uh, so we've got this far through the winter, and now the days are going to start getting longer and that kind of thing. So it was a celebration of that, and it was a pagan thing. And the Catholic Church decided, you know, we can we can bring in these these pagans, fold them in with you know, in, turn them into Catholics if we if we just adopt their holidays. We'll just kind of we'll do this one here, and we'll do that other one in Easter. You know that in that part of the year where it's kind of celebrating the coming of spring, and we'll just we'll just we'll just we'll just mold these into our traditions and do all that. You know, the Christmas tree is a very pagan thing. It's it's just the whole deal. So it's I don't I don't I don't buy the 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 supposed origins of the holiday. You know, Jesus and all that. You know me. I'm an atheist. In fact, we had a crucifix on the wall that was there uh, from Mom and Dad's days. Uh, and it was still there. But as I was decorating for Christmas, I went, Well, here's another bit of Jesus that's going to come off the wall. Took it off the wall, and we put a little, in, hung from that nail a little sign that says Merry Christmas. So... Yeah, you know, so we did that, <laughs> and we and we put the Jesus cross. We're gonna once. Uh, my wife said, you know, when uh, when Christmas is over and after, and then I usually leave the tree up until um, um, the New Year's weekend or whatever that is, you know, the holiday, New Year's holiday. I don't know if it's on a weekend necessarily, uh, but but I'll, I'll wait until New Year's uh, after like New Year's Day. Uh, or maybe a day after that, I'll take the tree down. It just depends. But I usually leave it up. But So I put it up after Thanksgiving, and I keep it up until after the first of the year. And she said, when we're taking the Christmas tree down, <clears throat> actually, she said, when you're taking the Christmas tree down, we can take all the Jesus stuff and uh, store it all away in a bin. <laughs> That's when we can remove all the Jesus from the house. And, uh, you know, I know, I know. Uh, maybe there might be something that stays up because there's a couple things that Amy kind of likes. It's I think I mentioned it. It's uh, it's two little busts uh, that hang out on the wall. One is of Jesus and one is of his mom. And they're both, they're, they both have their hearts outside of their chests. I mean, that's not good. Jesus' heart outside of his chest has like, bar, uh, has like the, the crown of thorns wrapped around it. And uh, and Mary's heart is all nice and pristine and wonderful. It's some sort of Catholic Im imagery. I don't know. I, don't, I I'm not exactly certain what it means, but they are kind of cool. And Amy says, I don't know. I kind of like these. <laughs> so we might keep those keep those up somewhere. We might, but uh, you know. But we'll have to get like a bust of Satan or something to put between them. Hail Satan. So that's 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 uh, you know. Uh, it's it's nice to have that Christmas tree back in the house, and it looks really good. I'll put a picture on the show notes page so you can take a look at it. It's it's a picture that I, that I put up on Facebook, so you can take a look and see. You know, even though I I don't I don't care about <laughs> about the true 
or about the supposed uh, meaning of Christmas, uh, as far as you know the all the religious meaning of it. But the as the George Robb song, um, uh, I don't believe in Christmas, but I love it anyway. I think that's the name of the song. Um, he says in the song, he says, I don't care what the reason for the season is, but we're nicer to each other, and that's that's a nice thing. We tend to be nicer to each other in this part of the year. And so, that's a good thing. And having the tree up, and I sat in the chair and just looked at it for a while, and Amy called from the other room, What are you doing? <laughs> I'm looking at the tree. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what's coming. Um, I think... Uh, let me take my time clock. Yeah, this might be a little early, but why not? I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I will return after this break. <laughs> Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Carbon monoxide is a colorless, odorless gas that can be fatal. Don't use anything indoors that burns fuel, such as gasoline powered generators, camp stoves and lanterns, or charcoal grills. Opening doors and windows or using fans isn't enough. Have your vents and chimneys checked to make sure water heater and gas furnace exhausts aren't blocked. If you feel sick, dizzy or weak while using a generator, get to fresh air right away. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <sighs> Boy, I hope I have enough time. <laughs> no, I hope I have enough material uh, to fill up the rest of this hour. I might, who knows, the show might end early. I don't know. We'll see. Um, oh, and one of the songs that played in that bumper there, uh, the first one, in the break, the one of the bumpers, uh, it's a song called It All Depends. It's by a local band called Figures. I'm not going to be able to find the song for that, uh, a link for that song. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm not even sure how I have that uh, the way I do. I think, I think, 
the album is available through iTunes, uh, or, yeah, through iTunes. Uh, the album's called In a Chalk Circle. The band is called Figures. It might be, uh, it might also be, the band might also be titled Jeff Warian. I think that's how I say his name. W-A-R-Y-A-N. I think that's how it's spelled. Uh, it might be Jeff Warian and uh, Figures. But the album's called In a Chalk Circle. They were a local band in the 80s, and they were, they were very good. They had a sort of an REM quality to them, uh, um, and just they were they were really good. I don't know why they didn't get any bigger than they did. Uh, they were fun to watch play. The, one of the guitarists liked to jump around like Pete Townsend, which is cool, and I always think that's fun, um, to jump around like Pete Townsend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, Spotify. All right, I I get Spotify. Yes, I know Joe Rogan's on there, and Joe Rogan is a is a is the is the is the uh, uh, emperor supreme of misinformation. He's he's he, he trickles in there some some information that might be correct, and he gets some people that know what they're talking about on there that are giving good information out there. But he has a whole lot of crackpots spewing bullshit. And that's you know, a lot of you know, like, uh, some people took their music off of it, like Neil Young took his music off of iTunes, or not iTunes, Spotify, because because of Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's got such a huge reach, you know, to the you know the Rogan Bros or whatever they call those guys, the dudes that uh, work out and and take steroids and uh, and smoke a lot of pot. And apparently, which that's what Rogan does, and he looks like. I don't know. He, I don't know. He, it's his choice. It's his body. He can do what he wants. But uh, the steroids ain't gonna, you know, it's gonna catch up to him at some point. Maybe he doesn't do steroids. <laughs> Maybe he's just built like that because he works out so hard. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> yeah, and Barry Bonds didn't do steroids either. He was a baseball player. Oh, oh no. Okay, let me finish my uh, <laughs> Spotify thing. Things are just kind of jumping into my head here. Let me finish the Spotify thing. They are trying out this new thing called the, uh, the Spotify DJ, which is this artificial intelligence thing that uh, that they've they put out. And I guess it's in the beta process, which is sort of like testing. Is that what the beta beta means? It's being tested. And it's a, it's a, it's a DJ. It's a male voice that sounds like he's from Brooklyn, I think. Uh, I would have preferred an English accent if you're going to put some kind of English you know, accent on him. A very erudite English accent, by, by the way. Oh yes, I say, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, every few songs, it's uh, hmm. the appeal of it for me for a little bit anyway was that I don't know what songs coming up. I can't check ahead to see what songs are lined up in the playlist. I can do that when I do my. I have a giant playlist on there. I just call it the radio station I've always wanted, and and it's got. All the songs I, all the songs that are in there, like four thousand plus, you know, forty five hundred plus. I don't know. There's a ton of songs in there, and I put it on shuffle, and it just, you know, I don't know. I, I, well, if I don't look ahead, which I can, you can look at the playlist. You can see what's coming up. So, you can't do that with the the Spotify DJ thing. It's just the songs come out. You know, to see the DJ plays them. And it's based on your playlist and the stuff that you listen to. But every now and then, throws in some new stuff. Okay, this block here is going to be what's popular on Spotify now. When I heard that, I turned to the people around me and I said, Okay, 
chances are I'm not going to like any of these songs <laughs> because they're popular on Spotify. And then chances are, I'm not, that's the music snob in me. I don't have the time. The song's got to hook me. It's got to hook me. If it doesn't hook me, if it doesn't have that going, if it's if it takes a little work, uh, I might not give it to them. It depends. But in and and they had a block of like they usually have like blocks of five or six songs or something like that. And then the DJ comes back and says that song was by so and so. And next block is this is the what you were listening. This is some of the stuff that you were listening to back in 2019. And then it plays some stuff off my playlist. Or bands that are on my playlist, but the particular song might not be on it. That kind of thing. And when it did play the songs of uh, you know that are popular on Spotify right now, I skipped each one. I got I gave it like thirty seconds. Nope, bump. Nope, bump. <laughs> skip, skip, skip. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry, nope. Anyway, <clears throat> I don't. I, 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 you know, my son doesn't like the feature. He, I had to ask him about it. He said, "Yeah, I don't like it." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I, it's it's in the beta testing part right now, and I would think that they they need to shake out some bugs. There's one bug for sure that they need to shake out. The AI DJ cannot pronounce Pete Townsend's name. Can't pronounce it. Pete Townshend. <sighs> Not too intelligent, are you, Artie? <laughs> That's what you call the DJ, Artie the DJ, because he's artificial intelligence." Anyway, it's it's I'm like okay, and at first when they would play Who songs, it would be the same three Who songs off of Who's Next, Bob O'Reilly, which is the greatest song ever, Won't Get Fooled Again, and Behind Blue Eyes, which are both great songs. Not the greatest songs ever. That's Bob O'Reilly. That's the greatest song ever, as far as I'm concerned. It's the greatest song ever. It is a thousand times better than Stairway to Heaven. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my friend who's a photographer. I'm sorry. And he might agree with me. He might think there's a Led Zeppelin song that's much better than, than Stairway to Heaven. But a lot of people say, Stairway to Heaven, oh, it's the greatest song ever. You know why Stairway to Heaven is the greatest song ever by these, these people? Because it has a great ending. It's a long, meandering thing that's interesting and has some weird lyrics and just kind of, it works its way through. But it gets to that last minute of the song and it kicks ass. And that's why everybody thinks it's a great song. They put up with all the meandering. They put up with the with all that, and to get to that part, and when you go on down the road, when it gets to that part, when it rocks, that's where everybody goes. Oh, that's a great song. That's my opinion. It's my opinion. It's a good song. I like the song, but I think it's a little overrated. And there may be, you know, like I said, there's a friend of mine out there who thinks that Led Zeppelin's better than The Who. Uh, certainly more popular than The Who. Certainly got bigger than The Who for a while there, which is crazy. Excuse me, I gotta... <coughs> ah, gotta clear my throat. It's getting to that time of year where things get very dry inside, so I gotta... I have to, have to take a little sip here, so just, just bear with me. Mmm, mmm, that's some good Dr. Pepper Zero. So anyway, what was I talking about? Yeah, the, the, the DJ on there. I can't pronounce Townsend. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's basic. You should, everybody should know that. I've heard Pete say his own name. And he never says Townshend. 
<sighs> oh, I was going to say something about sports ball. Uh, I, di I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I had it in the notes to mention it, but I don't think I got to it. And um, it has to do with a, 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 a record. Uh, I thought this record was going to stand for the Twins for a long time. Uh, and it was uh, it was set like three four years ago something like that. It was a year where all the teams in baseball were hitting home runs like crazy, just bang one after the other. Lots all kinds of players had fifty plus home runs in that season, and there was a record set by the Minnesota Twins of the most home runs uh, hit by a team in a single season, and the record was three hundred seven, which was one more than what the hated Yankees hit. Hated Yankees make the, made the playoffs. The Twins didn't. Or if they did, they got beat right away. But anyway, then <clears throat> um, the Yankees didn't end up winning his, the World Series, which is great. It's always good when the Yankees don't win the World Series. And uh, so I thought, because it was a season where they said, you know, they had to admit that the ball was a little bit juiced or a little different. They did something different, and, and it, it, it meant that it would fly just a little bit farther and so home runs, uh, balls that would have been caught at the wall went out. And so there's this increase. So across the league, it, went, it was crazy. It was, you know, we're hearing about it all the time. And maybe I heard about it more because the Twins were the ones that were vying for the record against the hated Yankees. And, and the Twins ended up winning it. And I thought that record's going to stand for a long time because they, they adjusted the ball again just to kind of, you know, bring it back a little bit. It was a little too, a little too generous. Well, this past season, the Atlanta Braves, the team that was so hot through the season but then petered out in the in the in the postseason, they tied the record with the Twins. So now the Atlanta Braves and the Minnesota Twins are in the record books of having 307 home runs from their team in a, in a season. So let's hope the 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 shared the co-championship lasts a long time, but I don't know. I thought it would last. <laughs> I thought it would, but I don't. I don't know. I guess it. It didn't. And uh, and 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 it and it was something that came as a surprise to me. I heard about that uh, at the end of the season or something. Somebody was just talking about the Atlanta Braves, and they said, "Oh, yeah, they tied the record for the most home runs." I went, "What? They did what? How? What? What? That's not fair. That's not right. Isn't there some kind of rule?" <laughs> so. Anyway, that's enough. Sports ballers, you can relax now. Speaking of atheism, which I was earlier, I thought I'd bring this up. Uh, there's these two Jewish fellows. They walk into a bar. No, no, no it's not a joke setup. Uh, they're pretty well known. They're very conservative. Uh, I mean, they're very right wing. And and I'm not, you know, I, I well, I won't go too deep into the politics of them. But. Uh, yeah, there's Ben Shapiro, who is, uh, I don't know if he's in his 40s yet. He might be. Uh, I don't think he's ever had a belly laugh at, ever in his life, even as a child. I think he was always serious. I do see him smile once in a while. I'm sure he's laughed at something, but I don't think he's had a good belly laugh his entire life. I don't know this. I'm just speculating. But he just he's just, come on, dude, lighten up. And then there's Dennis Prager, who's, who has this Prager U, which is there's a bastion of, of misinformation there, too. Uh, anyway, so the two of them were on some YouTube thing, 
Uh, I, there was a third person there. I can't remember who it was. That might have been the host of the YouTube show or whatever they were on. And I'll try to find the video for it. I'll try. Uh, and it was the video I saw, and I didn't watch the whole thing because it was it was an atheist, uh, you know, commenting on the stuff that was being said in this little YouTube clip. And I watched some of what the guy said. And he went real deep. The atheist guy was going real deep in things, and I thought, you know, dude. Cut through it, man. Just cut through it. And I'll, you'll understand when I get to it. There was a point made by Dennis Prager. He said that uh, he had been invited to either debate or speak, you know, to either debate in front of or speak to an audience of atheists. He's somewhere in Minneapolis. Minneapolis, woohoo! That's where I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting in Minneapolis, in a basement, in a comic book store. In Minneapolis. Anyway. There was some, you know, some thing, some event. And uh, Dennis went there, and he, the audience is filled with, as he put it, 400 atheists. All of them atheists. So he was, you know, Daniel in Lion's Den. Except, you know, I don't think the atheists warmed up to him. Uh, he, he asked a question of the audience. That was something to the effect of... Uh, uh, he was asking them if they had ever, in their atheism, ever doubted their atheism, ever had a doubt about their disbelief in God, right? And he said, you know, put your hands up if you, you know, put, raise your hand if, you, if you've ever had a moment where you doubted your atheism. Nobody put their hands up. And I think he was making some point about, you know, he, he's going on saying, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a devout uh, uh, believer in God that Dennis Prager is and Ben Shapiro is very I don't know what form of Judaism they practice but they're very de devoted to their religion which for some reason we've decided we as a culture a society have, have decided that people who are really deep in their faith really strong in their faith that's admirable <coughs> excuse me that's admirable. And I say, what? Why? Why is that admirable? Because they believe because they believe so strongly in something that you just have to take on faith, that there's no way to prove its existence. Really? <clears throat> there's no way. It ha you know, it, it's just it's just a strange thing. I don't, I don't know why. They are so venerated. Oh, such a man of faith. I mean, Jimmy Carter, his wife, Rosalind, just died. She was 96. He's 99. Now, those that's the Christian type that Christians should aspire to. They don't push their religion on anybody else. They live their religion. They live their beliefs. They help out people. And if that's, if it's, you know, and I don't think Jimmy Carter is dumb. You know, I don't think religious people are dumb. I just think that it's, it's a weird, it's a weird delusion that is shared by most human beings. You know, whether it's the, 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 the Jewish flavor or the Christian flavor or the Islamic flavor or any other flavor of this believing in magic, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, uh, but if, if you're one of those people who says to an atheist, well, 
you know, if you don't believe in God, what keeps you from killing and murder, uh, from killing and raping? What keeps you from doing that? I'd say, <laughs> I'd say what Pendulette says. I've killed and raped everybody I've wanted to, and that's zero. I don't want to kill or rape anybody. And if the only reason you're not killing and raping is because you believe in a God, then you damn well sure keep believing in God. I mean, I can see that. I mean, that's a benefit to religion if it keeps people from doing terrible things. But there's the old saying that, you know, bad people will do bad things. Good people will do good things. But to get good people to do bad things, you need religion. I don't know if that's the exact phrase, but it's along that line. So anyway, so I'm watching this guy talk about it. And what, what Dennis decided, it says that, that he, as a person of faith, he has times of doubt. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe God doesn't exist. He has those moments, and he was thinking, how how arrogant of the atheists, you know, how uh, anti-humble of them, to not ever doubt their atheism, to never doubt that they don't believe in a God, to never doubt it. And so the person whose YouTube channel it was, who's making a, a, a who's talking about the stuff there. He uh, uh, he starts going into deep stuff, and I thought, you know, young man, cut to the chase, cut straight through it, and he might get to the point because I didn't watch the whole thing, so he might get to it at some point. But he was kind of going on in the direction. I thought, I don't, I don't think you need to go there. It's as simple as this: be in that room, you know, if 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 you could, if you could be in that room with those three people sitting at the table, Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager, and whoever the third guy was sit there and you hear Dennis Prager say that and then you say mm, that's a very interesting point I'd like to ask you guys a question have you ever in your lives ever doubted the existence or the non-existence doubted your disbelief in Zeus ever or Thor or Osiris or Isis or you know any of the other gods that we call mythology now, have you ever doubted your disbelief in any of them? I think I can safely say that their answer would be never. <laughs> I've never doubted that. Do you know why? Because nobody believes in them. I mean, there might be, I mean, we got 8 billion people on this planet. There might be uh, an ultra small fraction of people. <coughs> I'm sorry again about the cough. There may be an ultra tiny fraction of people that might still believe in some Greek gods or the Egyptian gods or the Roman versions of the Greek gods or whatever, you know, that believe in what we all call mythology now. But, but I never doubt my disbelief in Zeus. It, it's no, because nobody believes in them. <laughs> it, there's, there's, there's never any reason to doubt it. And it's when I, you know, if so, if they can sit there, okay. Now, the the, the the what's going on in your brain right now with my saying that, and you're thinking, uh, yeah, never have. That's an atheist. I don't doubt my disbelief in God. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, what if I? I don't. I don't doubt it. I don't believe it. It's just, it's, you know, any, it, if there's ever any kind of a, a tickling in my brain of that, I just say, hey, do you doubt Zeus? And I go, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you doubt that Zeus doesn't exist? No, I don't. Nobody does. It's the same thing. 
go ahead a, you know, a couple thousand years into the future and let's say some other religion comes up and takes over the majority of the planet you know they it, it, it's like Scientology becomes the religion of the planet the majority of the planet but there, you know there's like a billion and a half people that follow this this view of Scientology and then there's then there's two billion people that follow this view of the of Scientology that's a slightly different but yeah it's still the same you know Xenu still there and still all that stuff but it's just how they deal with it you know there there are Christians that don't celebrate Christmas because Christmas isn't the holiday to celebrate Easter is Easter is what it's all about man it's so you you have if you go a couple thousand years into the future and at that point all the Abrahamic religions have been regulated to mythology nobody believes that nobody believes Jesus nobody believes Muhammad nobody believes Moses nobody believes it it's all mythology it's Zeus it's Apollo it's Hermes it's any of them it's Ra Bast. It's all the mythological gods. They're just part of it now. And somebody out there, some Dennis Prager out there, is talking to atheists that don't believe in the Scientology, and he's going to ask them, do you ever doubt your disbelief? And they're going to say no. And they'll say, just like you don't doubt your disbelief in Jesus. Same thing. It's the same thing. It's, it, it, you know, so, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing. Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, got to the end of another show. A nice uh, way to start off the Christmas season. <laughs> Anyway, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to be skeptical and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and that you should sleep with the lights off. Talk to you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network.
And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going, I'm going to hell. hell.